Uh, there we go. They were fixed. Oh. Sorry about that, guys. We had a just automatic crash. We're going to try to go Facebook Live one more time. If we get a crash on Facebook Live, we will not be coming back with Facebook Live. Oh, my God. That <clears> is such a cool Wookiee cosplay. Why are you calling me a Wookiee? I am not <laughs> that big and fat. <laughs> he's not fat. He's big boned. He's big boned. Big boned and hairy. <clears throat> guys, how are we doing today? Uh, hopefully, we are looking good and sounding good right now. Sorry about the crash. <clears throat> Man, still getting over my cold and crap. Oh, uh, did you have the con crud from No, um, not a cold, but uh, allergies. And so I'm just still draining oh. and trying to get rid of that yeah. junk. Yeah. So um, we are back. And uh, Kathy, what episode are we on? We're on episode 39. It what? seems like it should be more, but we did kind of skip a, one or two uh, nights over yeah. the last couple months. Yeah, well, we've had to because of things going on. Yeah, it happens. Oh, hi, yeah. Erica. Hey, Erica. Um, guys, let you know that we are going to be doing a giveaway. I'm going to go ahead and start uh, opening it up uh, for the giveaway. It's going to be for the uh, Robot Guile Man, Girly Man book. Robot <laughs> Girly Man. Robot Girly Man book. Um, oh, hey, so, I have two of that book. No, you don't. I'll give mine away, too. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to open up the giveaway. Uh, you should see that. Um, there you go. So there you go. To, to get into it, follow the console commands. We're going to test that out. Entry cost is 40. Uh, you can have a maximum of 100. Type in more than dice that and to join. Make sure you do that so you can get in how much you need. You will have to use your points um, to do that. Um, points. Your points. You have your dice heads, your currency. How, 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 and how do they find out their points? Because I don't remember. Uh, you can just do um, exclamation point dice heads. I think that's okay. what, what we had it as. Uh, so we'll be or, doing that. Uh, we'll open that up and give it away at the end of the show. That way everybody knows. Um, uh, maybe it's exclamation point more than... No, I don't, it's not exclamation point dice ads. Uh, it should For be. For listeners that are listening on other platforms, this is a Twitch uh, chat only uh, <laughs> thing they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Should be exclamation point dice ads. I guess not. I guess I'll have to fix that. Um... Let me see. Console. Nope. Let me see my commands. Uh, I have the. Uh, Kyle. Excuse me. Oh, I do nice have the. Uh, thanks. I do have the uh, uh, operating instructions for this particular uh, oh, it's box just, we're using. It's just um, exclamation <laughs> point dice, by the way. <laughs> exclamation points dice will tell you how much you have. Um, that way you can get that, and you need to use your dice heads uh, to do that. And you would do the exclamation point more than dice, uh, and then how much you plan on using for it. And if you don't, like I, right there now, nobody has put in enough tickets to win, because you have to put in at least 40 tickets. Oh, gotcha. So Crimson put in five, right? Yeah, so you have to put in 40. No, that put Please. in zero. Oh. Hmm. You put them in groups of 40. Oh, groups of 40. Yeah. Oh. There you go. Ooh. Have fun with that, guys. So, important. What are we drinking? So, yeah. John, what are you drinking? Uh, I finished that Mountain Dew Green Label thing. It was okay. Now I'm drinking uh, Dr. Pepper mixed with uh, Cannon Blast. Dr. Cannon Blast in... What is Cannon Blast? Rum. 
Oh, excellent. It's very fruity. Um, it's a very good, if you want a rum to put in a shot glass and sip and or a shot, it is really good. It comes in a black circular thing. It looks like a cannonball. It's uh, Aww, Captain so Morgan. Oh, so cute. It's, okay. It's a, they reuse the same thing for the loco nut and the uh, the pumpkin one. They, they just reuse the same, uh, you know, cap of container, which is cool because you might as well I have the same container. I wonder container. if that's similar to the tattoo. <laughs> Do you remember the Captain Morgan tattoo? They've discontinued it. It was my friend's favorite, pretty much his favorite beverage uh, of all time. And they used to buy out their local uh, liquor store regularly with that. They would just order cases just for this guy. Interesting. Um, I had never heard of Captain Morgan Tattoo, uh, but I see it here. Uh-huh. Um, trying to see if, uh, any, there's places to buy it, apparently. I'm just trying to see, uh, if we've got any, uh, idea what it tastes like. Hey, Necromouse, thanks for joining us, buddy. I, I've tasted lots of it. It's good. Uh, Kathy, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking, I'm still working on this bottle of rum that my dad left here, the, it, it is Myers Rum Original Dark, 100% fine Jamaican rum. <laughs> it's actually really good if you have it with real Coke instead of uh, Coke Zero. I mean, it's good with Coke Zero, but it's even better with actual regular Coke. Regular Coke. Because sugar. Sugar. <laughs> um, I'm trying something new today uh, because now it's the all rave around the area. Uh, and it's, I don't even know if I'm it, Youngling, uh, Black and Tan. Oh, the Yingling. Yeah. The little younglings that you kill with a lightsaber. I mean, um. No. <laughs> too, too soon, Gonzo. Too, too is, soon. It's how, how you say that, Yingling. I, yeah. Uh, I wasn't going to correct him, I know. I don't that. Well, he asked. <laughs> um, so I'm going to try that out today. I, um, I heard it was pretty decent, and since I like porters, we're going to do that today. Um, and before we get started, we need to talk about, do a little, get a little somber note in here um we lost two i don't want to say important people but two people that you would think that we should never lose due to suicide this week um which was kind of weird um and as somebody that has uh contemplated and had thoughts of that before um make sure you check up on each other um yeah. their suicide's not the way to go um the two people that did it I would never have thought of because they were completely wealthy, successful business people and did some things that I wish I could do. Um, and that's kind of like I said, a very somber note. Um, so uh, we'll drink to um, their family members uh, getting through this the best they can. Uh, but if you ever feel that you have that, reach out. Make sure you check on your friends. If you don't hear from one of your friends in a while, check on them. Um, because keep, there's no keep an eye out. We've had two locals uh, a couple years ago try that, and both were luckily saved because we saw the warning signs and managed to jump in. Yeah. So uh, just kind of look out for each other, guys. It's always, yeah. always in the night. Um, so for Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade, um, we hope that their families are a lot better now. Cheers, guys. Cheers. May they be in a better place where there's no pain. Okay. So. Done with that. Let's go ahead and put it over the paint cam. Uh, guys, I did uh, redo the uh, giveaway because it didn't look like it was working. 
So try it out, and we're still learning this, so if you don't get it right away or it doesn't work right away, let me know. Um, each ticket costs 40 points. You can have a maximum of 100 tickets. Um, you use exclamation point more than dice. Um, it looks like space and then how much you're going to yeah. put in. Well, or it looks like they're putting brackets around it. I, I was just going to say, in the it's brackets uh, numeral. Yep. Someone try it with the brackets and without the brackets. I, we're still learning this, guys, so just give it Well, the, the, your, your notice thing says that it's point more than dice, space, bracket, number, bracket to join. So oh, okay. I'll go with that. Let's go with yep. that. Let's um, go with that. Ooh, look at the paint cam. Pretty, pretty. I'll be working on my Tree Lord Ancient for my Sylvaneth. Uh, we're gonna Look go at the same. all those branches. Oh, I know. This is one I was telling you about that I'm kind of worried about painting because there's so much on this model. I mean, there's mushrooms here. I mean... Oh, mushrooms will be fun. Moss. What? You can't be scared of painting it, guys. So just do it. Uh, I, I'm just so going to do it. Are you going to just dry brush some, uh, some like gray or white just to establish where the details are? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do the same thing like I did my other one. Um, this, uh, was it, Friday... I painted up and I painted uh, my branch witch. And that looked really nice. Um, I, I'm trying to see. I don't know how well this looks on here. This this white glow. Because I hard, yeah, it's hard to tell. Uh, white always looks weird on camera. Yeah, yeah, because it's, um, it's really it's really bright. Yeah, because I used this toxic mist, which is like a a real real light greenish white blue. Uh, which I guess GW is now making a ghost paint coming out pretty soon. Do you, do you have a shade on uh, on that at all? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Shadow thing, because it's like I said on camera, it washes yes. everything out. Like I, and, and I hate that because it is. I'll take a picture of it later today. Um, yeah. So I'm just gonna do it. Um, so yes, yeah, so what I'm gonna do with this first thing is I'm going to dry brush it uh, with a white. Uh, and then start inking it up with that blue and then do a dry brush of the blue and then highlight it up. It's going to be a quite a while project, so I'll be doing this all week um, <clears throat> on the podcast. Or, or, on the are your little mushroom caps going to be red like poisonous mushrooms? I probably will. And I'll probably maybe put Smurfs living them. That'd be cute. <laughs> yeah, maybe Smurfs living them. <clears throat> Tiny little Smurfs uh, hanging out on top of the big tree lord. Yeah, when he gets in the comments. He actually be. He can smurf a smurf right in the smurf. And, and smurf it all day, smurfs? Hell. Oh, smurf, yeah. Is smurf in the smurfs? Smurf may be the only word more versatile than fuck. See, I've got no one True. using their tickets right now, so it's still not working whatever who huh. did what. Uh, oh interesting. Bane tried uh, to do it, still not working. Let me try something here. Okay. Do, 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 do. So John has a right. So just kind of play with it. John. Once we figure out what the actual thing is, we'll what you got? Did that work? Uh, you may not be allowed into it, by the way, because you're an editor or moderator. I'm just a moderator. Uh, so someone try to type it like John did, and let's see how that goes. Um, so it's, people did before. I just don't know why. I mean, because that's literally yeah. what it is. I just copied and just filled the number in where the X is. So yeah. if not, it's going to be interesting. Uh, maybe you can look, Google it up while I talk about NashCon. Uh, before I get started painting, I'm going to talk about NashCon. Um, Snafu. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Actually, I actually don't need to Google it. I, I told you I downloaded the. I did too. I downloaded but, the manual, so I'm just going to find the manual. Yeah. So you guys figure that out for me. Uh, documents. Um, right. NashCon. So I went to NashCon. NashCon was a smaller type convention. Um, 
but still a decent size. It was more historic than anything else. Um, there was tons of historic battles and stuff going on. I meant to try to get a demo of um, Drowned Earth, I think is what it was called. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, because I wanted to t- see that out, but just didn't. I ran out of time. Um, plenty of stuff there, plenty of things to see. Uh, pretty decent vendors. Um, I did find it interesting that the 40k tournament had six players and the Age of Sigmar had 46 players, um, which was kind of interesting and was really cool to see all those Age of Sigmar armies. Yikes. Um, so it was really, really cool. Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, I played in the um, team tournament and then the qualifier tournament. Um which was a points event, not a full-fledged qualifier. Um, which almost puts me to 40 points, by the way. I'm going to try to get 40 in a couple of weeks. Um, so, played in that. Um, had a good time. It was really weird playing it because I saw a bunch of stuff I'm not used to, but learned how to play. Um, I played one Signar, one Minoth, one Crix. And my other eight games were against Trollbloods. Holy shit. Yeah. So it was crazy Trollblood season down there. Um, which was okay. I learned how to play against Madrek 1 and all that good fun stuff. Um, what else? Um, only lost a one only lost one game all weekend. Um, and it was against Cray and I missed an assassination run. And well, when you put your eggs in a basket... I was going to ask if it was versus trolls because that just seemed no. I beat likely. I beat every troll player, and the reason why I beat them, I beat them on control points, uh, for the simple fact that um, my army moved so fast, and I could cut them off and just started winning on control points. Um, one player I beat by death clock. Everybody else I beat by control points or assassination. So. I'd like to see if, uh, if that's like just a regional thing for that many troll players or if it carries through to more tournaments. It's going to start carrying through to more tournaments because troll bloods are getting to be a whole lot powerful. Thanks, Tim Banky, um, as he put out the double champion list with defense eighteen, defense 16, armor 18, troll blood champions that sing wing bond and take forever to take down. So... We still don't have anything going on here. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a function on that on what you put in then because the 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 chatbot PDF just gives you the basics. It's whatever your settings are. So okay, let's reset it. Yeah. I have it set where everybody can join, not just regulars. So yeah, I don't know what it is. Oh. No clue. If anybody can figure that out, let us know. I'll change it into MTD so people can try different ways. Oh, you're going to change it? Okay. Yeah. I'll change it to MTD. That way anybody can use it anyway, and they can just kind of figure it out. Um, yeah. Bear with us. We're trying new stuff. Well, I might have to go off screen at some point. Not tonight, of course. And, and play around with it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which was really weird because I didn't see any Haley 3 Gravediggers. Uh, the meta was pretty much Cricks and Trollbloods, which was okay. Not a big deal. Um, <clears throat> let's see what else. Maybe someone type uh, exclamation point MTD space one or put it around the brackets. Well, I'll one. do 40 because uh, it needs to be 40. Yeah. Um, 
Just kind of forget. Um, let's see what else. They did some really cool things with their tables. What I really liked what they did is they had mm-hmm. all the fat mats, or whichever mat place they went with, and they had their terrain and they had the zones. But for terrain pieces like houses, they had a local guy that built 3D houses. Uh, mm-hmm. Like one of them was made out of like a bean can and some other stuff, so it looked like it was shack and stuff. But the footprint of the house was the same size footprint as the 2D piece of terrain. That's my favorite. That's the best use of it. Because then you can yeah. pull it. If it's pulled out of the way, if it's getting in the way of measuring or doing something. Yes, which was the best thing that I had ever seen someone do was because you could pull it off, put it back on, pull it off, put it back on, and you didn't yep. disrupt the st- train state. You didn't have to put things around it to make sure it was there. You could do whatever you wanted. Uh, John Spencer, Bannon, and Crimson1919 have one ticket each, by the way. Uh, so it's probably just the hashtag, or the probably the six point MTD. That's the only one we all did together. Okay, bracket. Um, no, no brackets. I don't think. Okay. I think it doesn't care what number you put because it'll. Uh, we'll see. Okay, so it gives you whatever. Um, yeah. On top of that, they three D printed their own objective markers, uh, which were just like some crates and stuff. But they put the um, flat objective marker underneath it and then put the 3d piece on top of it that way you could pull the objective marker off still have that's, the objector so it kept the game state. yeah like which, interesting <clears throat> which was really really good i think that was one of the best ways i saw them do it um they had really good price support um if you won first second and third in um the qualifier uh points event you mm-hmm. got a dice tray from mechanica studios um, and I already owned a dice tray, so I gave mine away to some guy that was like, that's a really cool thing. I'm like, well, here, you can have it. I don't need it. <laughs> so he's got yeah. a dice tray with third place written on it. <laughs> he's like, hey, okay. why not? <laughs> it, it seems weird. I, I, it's kind of cool to put third place on it, but I would think a dice tray with nothing on it would be just as cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the guy was like, I could really use a dice tray. He says, I already own one. Aaron Gordon already made me one. You can have mine. I have, yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, that's I love dice tracer. It's hard in 40k when I'm playing 40k right now to, to get them used, but uh, yeah. I do love them. Your dice oh, don't go well, anywhere. When you're, when you're dumping that many dice in, in I something. Just, I just do it in chunks or just like, there's all of them. Let me just take out all the hits and then. I made a giant one out of pink foam for my Blood Bowl team. It was all Nurgle themed back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. I had, uh, I had like three baffles, kind of one this way, one this way, one this way, and then it spit the dice out the front. But it was this big, giant, hideous. Oh, a, a dice um, tower. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Dice tower is definitely good with anything, a small number of dice. And most of the, the other games, it's really hard if you're rolling too many dice. Yeah. Hey, John, do another um, thing to try to get more tickets in. I want to say you get more tickets in while you're we're talking about this. Um, it was really good. The guys ran it really well. They had good terrain, good tables. Um, good setup. Uh, really nice people. Uh, How was the uh, Age of Sigmar terrain? Age of Sigmar terrain was pretty much what you would think uh, like at your normal store. Um, okay. It wasn't styrofoam blocks, um, uh, but I, it definitely actually, was good terrain. I was actually just curious. I wasn't even thinking of that, but that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was actually really good. Um, other than that, uh, if you're in the Nashville area, um, go and get, you know, go and do, go to, yeah, go to sure. NashCon, go show up. It'll be a lot and of fun. You, You'll enjoy it. Yeah, try and hit your local cons. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Did Cassie? you eat anything fun while you were in Nashville? Oh man, yeah, I did. Uh, we went to a the Slick Pig, um, which was a barbecue joint. Really good brisket. Um, oh, I love really good barbecue brisket. Oh, it was really oh, good because God. it wasn't chewy. It was nice and tender. Mm. Um, then we ate now you're at. Hungry. Then we ate at a. What was it? So I can't remember what. Oh, we ate at a pizza place, and they made personal pizzas and it was buy one personal pizza get one personal pizza free oh cool! so i was like hell yeah i could do with that um it was gourmet pizzas and it was good um had some good beer while i was there uh good coffee uh, chocolate stout and then the last oh, night yum. we all got together and went to the sports bar because the only place we could find open uh, that had food and had a good chocolate stout and of course had a burger with bacon egg cheese the whole nine yards you know a, an egg over easy on a burger oh, oh so, good. so hungry so good. right now <laughs> so but it was so good and had a so, beer there what i love with those kind of events uh we did it the first night at the uh the american team championship in uh tennessee a couple uh-huh. of years ago i'm gonna start paying um, while we're talking we all went to basically a uh uh, Japanese grill where uh-huh. they, they cook the stuff in front of you. Yep. Oh, hibachi the hibachi grill. kind of thing? Yeah, hibachi yeah. type of thing. It was a great place because we're all sitting on a table. We're chatting. You know, you're talking to people maybe you don't know so much. Yeah. Um, better when you got people you don't know around. You, you'll get someone nearby you know. That way you're not just going, oh, I don't know what's going on. You talk to people you don't know, having a good time. That was where it's at. I, I think if I were to try and do some sort of convention out of town, I would be like, let's see if we can find some place nearby that's like that. Yeah, yeah, you, you want to go for, somewhere uh, a good social one. Yeah, absolutely. And it's always good the first night because everyone's there and no one's leaving early or anything like that. Because yeah. that was the one where, uh, was it uh, uh, Bulldog and uh, JVM and Keith Richardson came into town, you know, also. And so, like, the last night, all the locals are gone. So it's us and them. <laughs> and we had a good time also. But, you know, it's it's. You know, you, you get a better everyone together yes. the first night. I, I'm all about going out and eating, hanging out after a tournament or after oh, yeah. something. And n- not even necessarily talking about the tournament, just hanging talking out with friends. Stuff, yeah. Yeah, hang out with friends. Just hanging out, yeah. Doing cool things. Um, Honestly, that's my favorite part of a convention. Oh, yeah, 100%. Hanging out and, and not doing and not worried about anything. Just sitting yeah. there talking just and chilling and like, yeah. So, um, so it was, it was a really good con. Um, highly suggest it. Um, they will probably be getting a, a appointment or maybe a qualifier next year. So I'll definitely cool. be going there again. Uh, hanging there. It was run by their local gaming group called the Cave Dwellers. Uh, the Cave Dwellers are a club based out of the store called the Game Cave. Uh, cave Dwellers. Yeah, yep. I got it. I'm with you. Got it. Follow me. Um, So it was really good. Um, They've got their own Twitch channel and stuff, too. So they were really good. Really nice people. Um, Made some new friends. Um, www.thegamecave.net if you want to look, check them out online. And um, met a new person playing, which was interesting to see. Um, There there was a new girl named Erica. uh, Not our Erica. uh, um, (laughs) And... um, she was asking me about twitching stuff and everything because uh, she wants to do a yoga channel, and I'm like, I can help you set up stuff with that. Oh, yeah. cool! And uh, she was a new Trollblood player, and she said she played maybe four games, if that, and went to NashCon and played the entire weekend 
just so she could play a bunch of games, which I thought was like good. She goes, I'm going to get my butt kicked. I'm going to get my butt handed to me, but I'm going to get to play five, six, you know, however many games all week yeah, long. Yeah, and when and, else are you going to get a chance to do that? I yes. mean, if you're me, never. <laughs> and, and you get the best post game at a tournament like that because your friends are always a little more, you know, lenient on you. Yeah. But, you know, or, or they're playing playing different games. I play mind games with people sometimes, you know, but a, a, a random person could be like, you know, you did that. I was totally impressed with that. You know, yeah. I, I did that. I saw through completely. They, they'll give you, you know, the straight up because, they, you know, they're just, you know, there's no preconceived notions of who you are or anything or, yeah. you know, I can't uh-huh. piss this person off because I'm going to I can't say something wrong because I'm going to see them all the time. I'm be like, I'll just tell you exactly what I feel. Yeah. So I got to teach people a lot about Grimkin, which I thought was really good. So, um, so they have any other games there besides just 40k Age of Sigmar and uh, War Machine Horns? Yeah, they the, ha- uh, historical stuff was like crazy. Um, did did uh, they have the bolt action tournament there? Uh, I don't remember if it was bolt action or Flames of War, but there was one in the same room as us. Was it a uh, 28 millimeter kind of stuff? Yeah, that scale. Yeah, okay, big guys or tiny guys. Action, yeah, bolt it was. It was yeah. okay. It was. T- it was. It was. It looked like tiny guys, in my opinion. Um, oh, if it was Tiny Guys and the Flames of War. No, no, okay. And it, it was interesting because um, they had really awesome tables. Um, but um, some of them were kind of rude because uh, I was getting kind of upset with them because they were trying to steal our tables and steal our chairs. And we're like, dude, those are ours. It's there. So you hear. That happens. I, I don't let that, that bother me. No, nah, it was just like, dude. Uh, honestly, I try and stand for a whole tournament anyways because, you know. Yeah. Standing's good for you. I know it's hard, but standing's good for you. I, I can't imagine sitting on a chair playing a war game. It yeah, it's it's weird. Unless you have physical problems that mean you have to sit down. Oh, then, I, then I can understand uh-huh. that. Oh, yeah, but well, that, that changes the whole equation. Yeah, I, I stand. Personally, I need that bird's eye view. If I sit on a chair, I can't see anything. Yeah. I, I played a couple of Blood Cool Bowl games sitting down, and I'm like, this this is messing with my mojo. i got to stand up because this is not working. <laughs> um, but well, overall, nowadays, they've got the giant board for Blood Bowl, so you pretty much have to stand up to look at it. Good. That's, that's what I want to do. That's my that's my game. Yeah, me, Blood Bowl, I'm, I'm lazy. Unless I need to see the other side of the board, really, then I'll stand up. But mostly I'm sitting for Blood Bowl. Well, we always played it on uh, the uh, either at my local store. We shot down a little bit there, but uh, I'm sorry, my store back in the day. But at the, at the <laughs> Battle Bunker, we would do it on the regular tables. So, I mean, we'd be standing oh, up sure. at Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, they're a little wider. They're too wide to be sitting down at it. Uh, I'm with you that, Zender Warlord. If, if there are stools available, stools are great for that. But yeah. they some guys grab the chairs from the magic tables at the local store, and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. You can stand up the whole game. Come on. Um, but overall, it was really good. Um, highly suggest if you are in the Nashville area, go check out uh, the Game Cave. Mm-hmm. Um, look up my friend uh, Damon Booker and his group. They do really good. Um, ran really well. Uh, one minor hiccup that um, they had to learn from, but nothing that wasn't you know a big deal. Just yeah. learning to do stuff. Um, so definitely will go again. Plus, I didn't have to pay for room and board, so. Definitely bonus. Get bonus. Gotta go stay with Damon at his house. Um, oh. I, hang out with I him. smell ham. Just FYI, it's <laughs> in the air here. Uh, if you, if anybody knows Damon Booker, uh, just call him Sink Boy from here on out. Um, okay. I'm not, I'm not allowed to tell anybody about that just yet because he's still trying to get over that. But um, 
Sink Boy is his new nickname. Um, okay. Um, I'm not for nicknames. So uh, he'll be at Na- he'll be at uh, War Machine Weekend. So I'm looking at the uh, web page for NashCon right now. Actually, or am I? I don't know. It looks like it's June one through three, twenty eighteen. No, the Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah, it's right around the NashCon area. Yeah, right their around... their banner, their background uh, for their website is bolt action. Is it? Oh. Yeah, there's order dates uh, sitting on the well, table with a bunch of models. So definitely, there's bolt action there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? You know, Nashville is not that far away. So it's not terrible bad. For, it's kind of bad for me, actually. I'm not gonna lie, but I mean, it's doable. So it was good. Uh, I recommend it again. Other than that, let's go with our main topic of the night. Yeah. Legacy uh, board games. Legacy board games. What are legacy board games, John? Uh, legacy board games are board games, usually versions of classic board games. Um, or, or ver- new versions of board games about for a bit that have a sort of memory, if you will. You as you play the game and whatever you're, you end the game with changes things on the board. Cards are added or or what have you. I know, like in Pandemic, based on how you do the game before, you open certain packs and that changes the way the game is played for the next game. Okay. Uh, other ones, you'll write stuff on the board and it'll change uh, the way things work. Okay. Uh, very cool idea because it's uh, sort of giving you that sort of computer game feel of memory um, in a medium that doesn't necessarily support it well. Yeah, I think it started out with Risk. Yeah, that Risk was like the I first see. legacy uh, game that I saw, and it was like a whole different map. And during the course of of the game, you know, you're you're naming the uh, the civilization you're playing. You're, you know, you have an opportunity through gameplay to maybe name some of the uh, countries or cities that you're founding. Uh, you, during gameplay, you make adjustments to the map. So maybe this thing that was connected by a land bridge is no longer connected by a land bridge and you can only get there by boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this alters the game permanently. So, yeah. so you know, by the time you're done playing the the campaign that takes you through all these adjustments to the game, you have a unique game of risk that's not going to be like everybody else's game of risk. And to me, that was that was the thing that I really liked about that. I never did get to play Risk Legacy, and that's I still want to. So apparently, Risk Legacy was first by a long stretch. <laughs> by how long? They, yeah. they, jumped, they jumped in the chat room, posted first, and went and had, uh, you know, some sandwiches, dinner, because they were four years before the next one. Oh man! Yeah. Which was uh, apparently Pandemic Legacy. Like yeah. really, the list of ones that are out is not expansive. There's only two, four, six, eight. Between you know eight and ten, depending on what uh, list you look at. But it's it's growing fast now. After the success of Pandemic Legacy season yeah. one and then season two, which came out last year, mm-hmm. there's there's a bunch of other ones that came out since 2016, and then last year, and then this year there's other ones slated to come out. Like there's a Betrayal at House on the Hill one and. I'm very yeah, but... curious about that because I really like uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill. Yes. So, 
So that's yeah. later this year. I, I could yeah. see House on the Hill can definitely um, be a, a legacy game because I own the original um, House on the Hill type stuff. And that can definitely use that type of thing because it's changing all the time no matter what. Yeah. So what the legacy version does is there's 13 chapters and you start out, I mean, it assumes that, you know, you have the, the same people, you have the same group of people that are playing throughout. And uh, and you have these families. It's like a dynasty. You start out playing a character from this family. And then uh, the next game is another decade. It's like generation later, and you're playing a descendant of that family. And so each game, you're playing a descendant from the, the families that were in the game in the last game. So it All takes right. place over the course of decades. That's cool. That's super sweet. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. <laughs> so, and there's uh, a whole bunch more haunts than just the 13 that would take you through the campaign. So, you know, once you've got the, the game and the mechanics and, and everything set, you're still playing your unique version of Betrayal with all these other haunts that, that you haven't played yet. Yeah. So uh, I want to bring this up because uh, Legion brings it, uh, brought it up and uh, sort of on my mind anyways is he says uh, that he's not a fan of, of game permanency if I can't reverse it all when we start my game for a new group of friends, which is fair because most of these are permanent. You know what? Wow. And this is what I like about Charterstone Legacy. That's the one I played a few weeks ago mm -hmm. uh, with some friends. And they have a they have a recharge pack. So, yeah, that's that's where it's at. And you can you, you you then flip the board over and you can play it with a different group of friends and get the recharge pack. And so it's like like you're starting over. And then, I mean, beyond that, maybe you, you'd be able to get a separate board and another recharge pack. But I mean, essentially, you're just buying the game again after that. But yeah, if yeah. you've enjoyed it that much and or I mean, you've gotten your money's worth out of it after after one game plus recharge pack and if you need to play it again uh if you want to play through the whole campaign again with another group of people uh at that point you know you know you like it so you mm -hmm. might as well just get another game well yeah i noted that it's also a good idea if you have a groups that play a game and you want a different group to play it you just get the group to split the game each time sure um, because honestly, that that is a thing. Uh, I can say with fair honesty, there are only a handful of board games I've played. You said there's 13 packs of Betrayal. There's only a handful of games I've played 13 times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's you know, a lot of people that mention that, too. Like, you get a board game, you only play it a few times. And I'm all sad because I can't even count the number of times I've played Zombicide and its variations. And the number of times I've played Battlestar Galactica with a few different groups of people, I i mean, I've got my money's worth out of those games by a it, long shot. The only game I played that much was the old uh, Avalon Hill, uh, you know, Civilization, Advanced Civilization game. Yeah. Um, it Which probably is the saying only a lot, because that's yeah. like a thousand hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's its a hell of a game. But, you know, it's, and it's sort of the thing. It's a byproduct of uh, how many games are out there. But if you like a game that much and your group loves the game and like, we want to play this again and again and again, 
it's a great feature to have some, you know, way for the game to evolve. Like, if you like Pandemic that much, they're going to do a new season every once in a while, so be prepared to have fun. And if you can keep a group together that long playing that. But it's fair to say that me and my crew are more miniature gamers first. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, the, th- the good thing about this is it makes not just a static board game because, mm-hmm. all right, I played Pandemic, just a normal Pandemic, and I was like, yeah. okay, this is okay. Played it again, yeah. I'm like, mm, no, um, I can see where we can beat this. This is not going anywhere for me. And then I'm... doing it with the Legacy, I could see it keeps it fresh and open. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is what I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it where it's not stagnant. It also adds that campaign element that as miniature gamers and occasional role players, we love the idea of a campaign there's so hard to implement, and it almost becomes a campaign for a board game, which is super sweet. Yeah. Like the uh, like every game is like Blood Bowl, so I'll draw that comparison to a season of Blood Bowl where you're building up your team. Yep. And you're going getting better, and that's that's what made Blood Bowl so good for so long when exactly. it first came out. Was like it's the only game where you like your guys get better. That's why Necromunda took off. That's why Mordheim took off. Yep. <sighs> See, and those to me, I really love miniature games that are like that. That you know, oh, I get to, you know, my guys improve or they die. Yeah. And, and this <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. And this is the board game version of that, which yeah. is awesome. Like, because who knows? You may find you play one of these games and you love it so much that you want to keep playing it. There you go. They've just hit you with the exact way to, uh, excuse me, to keep playing it and not have it become stagnant. As a matter of fact, honestly, if I had a choice of buying pandemic or one of pandemic legacy season one or two i would buy one of the two seasons because excuse me it's not going to become stagnant it's going to have a lot more playability yes yeah and with any luck i mean once you're done with your once you're done with your campaign assuming that you you know you do get to finish the campaign uh now you're going to have that unique game and oh then you burn it and you make room for the next version I mean, is it gonna is it gonna be fun to play? I would think it would. I would hope so. Now, my friends that we played Charterstone with, they ha, uh, they had a different take on, on the Legacy game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they decided they were going to play with a different group for every scenario of the campaign, <laughs> like and and like across the country. So they came in from Seattle, and we all got together and and played so the only two people who played every single game were peter and d who who owned the game and but everybody else was was different every time and and you wrote your name and the date on the board for the game that you played and you you adjusted things that that you did in the game like like when i played i i was able to place two different buildings in in my charter I placed a palace and I placed a circus, which is so me. Um, so it's Kathy's palace, Kathy's circus. The the chalice from the palace had the brew that is true. <laughs> so that is your circus, and those are your monkeys. Yeah, absolutely, those are my monkeys. Uh, so that that's was actually that's a cool way to do it because so as the person who spent the money for the game, you're getting the extra enjoyment everyone else still gets to play the game like oh what's this cool thing here you got a story to tell us a little bit of cool small talk so that's actually a really cool idea too in yeah fact, uh, you know uh 
Legionnaires should take a look at that. I mean, you don't restart the game with a new group. Let the new group come in and see what happened before them. Explain you know, it. You, know, you get story time, and every gamer loves story time. There is a downside to it in that you don't know what the <laughs> what the people before you had a plan. You know, like I'm playing the Grove, this charter that these people people before me named the Grove because at some point you're naming your charter. You know, and I don't know what their plan was. And my little baggie, my little packet of of things and cards mm -hmm. that was handed to me for the scenario we were playing mm -hmm. is what was left over from what the last person playing the Grove left. So that's what I would do. I would also buy a notebook at the end. I'm like, all right, write a simple page of what you were thinking and what you were planning. They that's may a, not do this. That's but a great at least idea. You give them a little bit of hint because that's also cool. You're like, oh, was this guy planning? Well, and now you've got oh. a journal of of the whole, you know, course of the game for for every civilization or charter or country or you know character or whatever in the game. And uh, actually, that would be really uh, a fun little archive to have, you know, at the end. Yeah, just get. I mean, you can do it however you want, you know. Go to the dollar store, buy cheap dollar notebooks. You buy one for each player. It's perfect. You keep it with them. Like, oh, this is the charter of the Grove, you know, whatever. This is what we're doing. Why I called it the Grove. You know, like, all right, I made, you know, you know, this is, you know, Kathy's Circus and Kathy's Palace with the chalice. <laughs> <laughs> with the brew that's true. I mean, you, you can go through all that stuff. And now they get a little bit of idea, you know, like, oh, it, it, it's a world building thing. It makes a board game feel more real and lived in. It's a trick they do with role playing games and other stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think something like that would be fun with uh, Risk Legacy, like mm -hmm. logging all your the things that you're doing. You know, for each scenario. That would be fun. See, now I want to play it even more. I also want to get my own version of Charterstone because it really was fun, even though we just played one game out of the whole scenario. Yes, but I mean, you know, so there you go. Now you, but now you're also can be inspired. Now you've got more tips. So if you're the keeper of the game, you don't have to have the same group. You're like, this is our idea. We're gonna do this, and you know, now you can build upon it. I actually think if I saw the same group of friends like every year at a con, I'd be like, let's buy a legacy game and play it every year at the con. Oh, uh, yeah. That yeah. would be a cool thing to do. That'd be awesome. I mean, um, I, oh, nope. I found another board game I played uh, at least 13 times. That would be uh, uh, King of Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> Age of Renaissance for me. Uh, obviously, one of my favorites. That old Avalon Hill game. Yeah, it's... Uh, History of the World, we've played a bunch of oh, times. Sorry, Squad Leader. Oh, <laughs> oh my I still gosh. haven't actually played that one. Really? Um, my cousin John is a huge, huge Squad Leader guy, so we'd, yeah, I'd go over his place, we'd play some Squad Leader. Um, yeah, it was a good time, he just hated me because I can roll dice better than him. The, uh... Were my tactics better? No. No, nah, I was younger. Yeah. I'm not... Dice? Oh, yep. when you're rolling dice, you know, that tactics kind of goes out the window. I mean, oh. you do have probabilities, but yeah, that's, there's no guarantee. We did that. Um, uh, I was helping them test out a uh, micro armor game years, years back for a con. And they're like, all right, John, play these Russians. I'm like, sure, I'll play these Russians. I'm like, oh, well, 
these uh, anti-aircraft guns don't have anything to do, so I'm going to just shoot at these tanks here. And, like, my dice were on fire. I'm, like, suppressing M1 Abrams with anti-aircraft, which just should not happen, but the rules say it can. So my <laughs> dice said, yep, I'm going to well, suppress M1 Abrams with these tanks that can't possibly hurt them. <laughs> like, that's stupid and shouldn't happen. I'm like, but now you know it can happen because dice. <laughs> and no intent for battle. Yeah. Exactly. But so yeah, we've been talking a little bit in the chat room about, you know, miniature games, that sort of function, legacy function, which is really more of a campaign than anything. And um, I mean, we all love campaign stuff. And like I said, this is basically campaigns for board games. And I'd love to see more campaign stuff for everything. Yeah, I think there's a game, Lords of Waterdeep, that I enjoy. Oh, yeah, I, I, bought I that. think that would be really cool as a legacy game. Jim and I were talking about it. I'm like, you could have different buildings. Like you have a sticker that you put on the uh, building token that changes it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe this building is in your game. Maybe it never shows up in your game. I'm waiting for, the, know. for the first company to be smart. And find a way to make those, uh, you know, those uh, reusable, like plastic stickers, like decals, like you do. Oh, sure. And and doing those on a board, it might be a little more expensive, but pure reusability, people pay for it. Because like, I don't buy this twice. Suddenly you get, you know, you get a uh, Legionnaire's like, oh, you know, I don't want to pay this game twice, but I'll pay an extra 10, 15 bucks so that I know they can reuse it whenever I want, brand new with any group. But you know what the thing that I like about. Uh, the legacy games while yes I do like the campaign aspect of it mm -hmm. it makes it interesting in the end after that's over you're left with your unique game with mm -hmm. your own unique set of of rules and your own unique set of you know items you know cards buildings you know tokens bits of the map that have changed you know and you board. can play that, you know, you can play off of that, you know, forever. So, for me, I don't have a problem with the permanency of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, it would be fun, like the Charterstone. I have one group that I would love to play with, and then I would absolutely get the recharge pack and play it again with this other group of people that I know that I think would really enjoy it. Well, get enough people to do it, do it. Do it! <laughs> Life's too short. We gotta stop, you know, we talk about, oh, I'd love to do this, this. No, fucking do it. You know, as long as you're adulting properly otherwise, just do it. I'm, I'm really not. <laughs> oh, well, then adult properly first, then do it. I, you know, it's... it's I, I my... wish I could say I was adulting properly, but I often don't feel like I am. Um... <laughs> Are your bills paid on time and you have a place to live and you eat? Well, yeah. Then you're adulting properly. There's, look, there's no guidebook for adulting. No, no one hands you a guidebook. Oh, you're an adult now. Here's how you adult. They don't hand you that shit. You just got to figure it out for yourself. Right. But, you know, in any case, in any, uh, any younger kid, any younger person who's listening to this, uh, adulting properly is basically being able to pay your bills and eat and live. After you've done that, just do it. You know, don't let stuff go away from you. But I mean, you just like, I really want to play this game. Play the game. You know, you you can make things happen in your life by taking, you know, like, I am not going to do X, Y, and Z so I can play this game. Sometimes that's what you want to do. 
It's like if I really want to play a legacy game and you don't get a lot of time, I would go to the local store and be like, I want to play this. Which one of you groups want to play this game with me? I'll put it on a local bulletin board. You'd still stick pins and writing it down. I want to do this yep. at this store on this day. I'll make it work. I'll, you know, stop doing this. I'll have more late nights trying to get my hobby streak done and I'll make it work. That's what you got to do. And a, and a game like this, a, a legacy game, really is going to require some of that because it's a bit of an investment. It's both monetarily and time-wise. Yeah, because often these games are not... It's not a 45-minute game that you're playing. No. This is going to no. be at least two to four hours. Yep. And and it's, and it's more than that, and this is an interesting sub-discussion, is that it's not just time-intensive for you. It's easy to think, oh, it's time-intensive for me, whatever. It is time-intensive for everyone in there. So if you guys are doing it and you can't make it a week... Uh, hurts everyone so you really got to think about that it is uh it's it's thinking about it. i mean this is not just uh this is not just a whim game and, and i think locally board games we tend to be a bit whim play a board game that was cool it goes in the cattle it goes on the shelf maybe we play it again sometime uh -huh. this is not a whim game you've got to mean it you've got to be planning for it you got to be ready yeah i would Sorry. set aside uh adulting like one, i'd set aside like one day a month you know, you know, with these people to, to play the game. Yeah, you'd, you'd play a game 12 times over the course of a year. That sounds great. Should I play board games that I've bought like once or twice? I'm like, that was worth the money. And that was like once or twice. 12 yeah. times? Pfft, that is efficiency. You don't get that kind of efficiency. Uh, and actually, like as far as that legacy thing, I feel like uh, <clears throat> I don't necessarily Star Realms is going towards that with their Kickstarter stuff that's coming out. They're having different factions and all, but it feels like you could get a game like that, a Star Realms or a Dominion or something, a bit legacy where you start with different decks initially based on what happened before. Sure. And I could I, see you easily ending up with uh, different cards for different things. You know, not... Not everything. You don't get like, ah, I crushed everyone's soul and have all this awesome stuff. No, you get some of your awesome stuff based on how well you did. And that changes it. And, I mean, sure might be more of an uphill battle for other people, but isn't that the fun of the challenge sometimes? Yeah. Well, and it doesn't even have to be things that give you, you know, a gigantic bonus, but just something that makes it different and individual. Yeah. But even if it is, I mean, I don't, I mean... I like a good challenge like the next person. I mean, these games are... There's so much randomness in these games. There's so few games that don't have randomness. I mean, there's always dice or card draws or whatever that come into it. You know, randomness takes away some of that thing. So even if you have an advantage, you're still stuck with the dice gods or the, yeah. the shuffling <laughs> gods to see if they can help you or not. Yes. So, I mean, it can change the way a game plays, and that's really cool. Like I've said, for every pretty much every war game I've played and including Blood Bowl, you could have the best strategy ever. But if your first roll of the dice is triple skulls and you re-roll that and it's triple skulls, your turn is over. Yep. <laughs> you can throw your dice against the wall, you can throw the model against the wall, it doesn't matter. Your turn's over. Yeah. So that's that strategy out the window. I've seen both. <laughs> yep. I've I've done this, yes. I don't throw dice. Throwing dice is a faux pas. Oh, throwing dice? No. 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 Well, there was the one Seeing time I put my fist on the table and made all the miniatures jump and fall over. Um, that only happened one time, though. 
before I got my anger under control, back in my youth, I'd bring uh, unsharpened pencils with me, and I got anger, just be like, snap. All right, feel better. <laughs> Sometimes you got to break something. Dollar store pencils, they're cheaper than a dollar. <laughs> it's worth it, trust me. Oh. So there we go. There's Legacy Games. I mean, we didn't cover it exhaustively because we haven't played a lot ourselves, but it's a great concept uh, we like and uh, hope to see it taken to other avenues like Legacy, you know, deck builders, whatever. Like we actually did that, uh, something similar with Magic, where we actually played with just a limited selection of cards in a group, like straight up rules, you know, the old school anti rules and all. And that was sort of like a Legacy game. And it was very cool. Like, you could change your deck and all, but you're still limited by what cards you have and what cards you've lost, what cards you've gained. They have a civilization-building card game called Deckvilization. Um, I think the name of it is Sucky, but I was reading that today when I was reading about <laughs> legacy games, and it's a legacy game. Oh. But it's uh, cards. Yeah, look it up. Deckvilization. You know. Well, I think that one thing you could really do, especially if you have a dedicated spot i know that game rooms are becoming more and more popular because i was talking i think it's hilarious my doctor i go to for like my my allergy meds and just walking clinic stuff <clears throat> is a major 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 nerd what uh, i mean huge nerd like awesome. he's like you going to gen con this year because i'm gonna go see this guy because he's my artist i'm gonna buy like five or six of his uh you know personal works i'm like no you know i'm poor and i'm a teacher and he's like yeah but <laughs> And uh, he was talking about, you know, he's building his own game room. And he's like, I'm going to build one table that's going to be just for boards, board games. And it's going to be, here's our board game table. Here's our, you know, role-playing table. Here's our blah, blah, blah table. So he can have just things set up. And I was like, because I was mentioning, you know, legacy-style games. And you could just set that legacy game up on that one table and leave it alone. That way you could come back to it without having to worry about it so much. But, you know, with most of these legacy games, once the game is done, you're putting everything back in the box and then you unpack it again. Yeah. You know, later and, and every everything, like for Charterstone, for instance, uh, all of all of the stuff for each charter goes into its own little box. You know, you get a certain amount of cards that carry over. You get a certain amount of tokens and money that carries over. Um and it all fits in the little box for your civilization or your, you know, your character or whatever game you're playing. And uh, so you don't have to leave it. It's not like it's not like a campaign. No, but I'm saying is this this is a, a, another way that, you know, if you're worried about you can't play a legacy game, you can just have it set out and just wait and just, you know, play it as you know, you've got time. <laughs> Which also what I thought was funny is he asked me because I was wearing my Adepticon shirt. And he's like, what's Adepticon? And he was, I, and I was like, what? You don't go to Adepticon? He's like, no, what's Adepticon? And I thought, he's like, all right, tickets already sitting here ready to buy whenever they go live, and I'm going to Adepticon next year. <laughs> so I totally just confused Age of Sigmar with um, Advanced Squad Leader. Uh, I'm very sorry. I said AOS, but I meant to say ASL. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Didn't even catch it. Been a while since yeah. I've. Yeah. Used abbreviation a, for Advanced a, Squad Leader. A campaign it's, of Advanced Squad Leader. But did you know what I was talking about with all the tokens and everything? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, you, it, we're just not at the point anymore where I can say ASL and people are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, ah. 
<laughs> Young kids don't have any sense of history anymore. Uh, it's all those tiny little tokens and stacks everywhere. See, I didn't play it, oh, but I have oh. heard so many stories. The people I was cat-sitting this weekend. Oh, the factory. Uh, have you heard about they, the factory? They played it. The factory? Oh, the factory from uh, Stalingrad. That is like one of the infamous ASL scenarios, the factory. Oh, my God, my friends were talking about that. They <laughs> did that scenario. I, everyone's in that scenario. It's like one of the first ones you do because, I mean, let's be honest, since you don't want too many tanks and all early, Stalingrad has a lot of potential for that. Uh, anyways, uh, I think we're almost uh, to media section. We probably start early since we got a bunch of stuff. That's true. We have a lot of All right, let me rinse my brush off. I'll switch over to our media section. Um, I, uh, I like how your like guy is going, your tree lord. It's looking good. Looks well, so sad. Looks, he looks all blue. <laughs> ah. Glad you're picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> Alright, give me a second. Um, and so we got a huge media selection coming up. Um, yeah. From thinking we didn't have one. that much. Alright, well actually, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go and close the giveaway and go and pick a winner right before the media section. Uh, so, John, if you get picked, we will pick someone else, you knucklehead. What? That's fair. I wouldn't read a book about Robot Girly Man anyway. All right, so we're going to close it, and we're going to pick a winner, and we're going to test this out, see how it works, and the winner is... Banian! Banian! You got a copy of the book. Uh, make sure you send me your... Um... Do you want his address? Yeah, send me his address, and I sure. will get you a copy of that book. No problem. It's going to be my address by the end of the month. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, just send me the address, and I'll, I'll send it over. Um... <laughs> Send me a address somewhere. An address somewhere. Right? Yes. Plenty of addresses. Um, I'm gonna actually. I got a lot of water and a lot of uh, wash left in this blue, so uh, I will talk while we're painting. I'm, I'm paint while we're talking. Damn it. Um, to talk get this. Talk while we're going. talking. I'm gonna talk while we're talking. I, I do that all the time. I talk while we're talking. <laughs> so. Um, I would hope so. Because um, I'm going to put in here. Uh, what do you want to start with? Do you want to st I think we should end with the one we all are going to talk about together. Okay, yeah, I agree. Oh with yeah. That. yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's... So uh, let's start with a Gonzo because Gonzo has more than us. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and start with uh, something that's a remake, um, which is a remake of an original book, which was a very good book and is a very a very good classic. Uh, HBO decided to remake Fahrenheit 451, um, which is of course based off the book which the book is a really, 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 really good book for its time. Um, and it's... They've updated it to modern-day technology, uh, modern-day stuff, which is really good. They kept it the same theme of mm -hmm. what Fahrenheit is about. Um, they kept it the same mentality, same pretty much same everything. Um, they changed up some things, um, which the book's already been done in the past, so... Here goes the spoilers. Um, the <laughs> yeah. keeping of traditional texts and stuff, of mm. course, is now done on the internet, which was called the Dark Nine. Um, and also, instead of people memorizing the books, they've learned how to encode the books on the DNA. Oh. Um, so that's where it kind of like went over the shift for me. Uh, I'll then, be honest. Red 41 is a book you should read, and if you make it, I feel like you should should make it the classic because yeah. it's not it, the concepts are still relevant and valid correct 
but the execution doesn't work any other way. Now, I, I can feel. see that, you know, you still have, you can update it because, you know, they were, what was weird is anytime that the um, guys went out to go burn books, it was all streamed live social media type stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. That's that's not a problem. And then when people were, when you were being streamed, people could, you know, send their love with emojis and thumbs up and everything as you're, you know, burning the books because, you know, it's the evil and all this other. Okay, I get that. I get that. So, I can see that. I don't have a problem with um, uh, storing books on DNA because I've actually read articles about storing the feasibility of storing data in DNA strands. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I don't have a problem with it. The problem I have was the ending of it um, when they were trying to get the DNA going. Um, they let, there was a bird that was coded with all the information of all the books and all the information of all the world onto its DNA. Cool. Um, and so they were going to let the bird, they had to let the bird go at the right time so the bird could fly to Canada and the people could pick it up so they could continue coding and, you know. Did they continue. not back it up? No. <laughs> no. Didn't back it up. Oh, oh one. They, they, they let the bird go and the bird flew off and joined a bunch of other birds. And so the premise is that it joins another a bunch of other birds and then that DNA gets passed down to the next generation of birds. But it changes every generation because that's sort of what DNA does a little bit. Because, yeah, because yeah. you're adding other chromosomes and Which, that splits. And then the next offspring adds more chromosomes and that splits. To be fair, it kind of makes it the idea of, you know, a story told down from generation to generation where people, like, change little bits or forget little bits. So, I mean, that that's kind of cool. I just feel like the whole premise of Fahrenheit 51 doesn't work in... in our modern world anymore because um, the internet makes that impossible correct um and, and i felt like it had been better to make it a period piece um, which instead, I, I, but... I still think that yeah. you could do it in the modern day you just got to change up the story a bit where it's monitored heavily or the internet's been shut down and it's all social media and you know you've got well, to... you can't have social media without the internet though that's sort of the thing well the problem yeah. is, is it's it's you'd have to really work on it at that point you have to do so much work you might as well write your own thing yeah and just go inspired by Fahrenheit 51. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is weird. And so I was not impressed with it. I hate it because it has two two really, really good actors. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Michael. Um, he played. Um, he plays a really, really creepy guy uh, that was in Shape of Water recently. Michael B. Jordan? Yeah. No, Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon and Michael B. Jordan are in it. Yeah. Uh, and Michael Shannon, My, he's such I a great love, actor. I love Michael Shannon. He is so... He's so he, creepy and evil of his characters. He does yeah, them really I, well. I, I mean, I didn't enjoy uh, Man of Steel that much, but I didn't dislike him in it. No. And Premium Rush, which is him and uh, Justin Gordon-Levitt, is great partially because he's just so crazy in it. Yeah. He plays a really good, creepy, crazy guy. So, yeah, uh, acting wasn't bad. There wasn't really big problems. I kind of got bored with it. Um, yeah, that's no point now. Yeah, I should I, be getting bored with that movie. No, so I'm I'm gonna give it 
two space herpes. That's fair. That's that's a nice that's a nice rating, probably yeah. more than it should get. But probably hey. because, but I mean, it's a classic, and the actors are really good, and they tried to update it, which I thought was neat because it also had the kind of like the the Big Brother feel of cameras and all that stuff, and it it's was, not it's not getting good ratings. No, so it's not. IMDb has got it at four point eight, which I mean, God, Michael B. Jordan, come on, man, it. He deserves better properties. Yeah. So, um, so for me, it was two space herpes. Two space herpes. Gotcha. Two space herpes. Oh, so uh, I'll go to one. Um, I watched two movies, both older movies, older movies, yeah, older movies. Um, both I thought were good at the time, and then I watched them again, and fuck. <laughs> My memory. <laughs> the first one was a 2001 movie, Laura Croft Tomb Raider, starring Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Fuck, this movie's not good at all. <laughs> like, I, how did this movie get a fucking sequel? How? it's Angelina Jolie. I mean, the, the best thing they did was actually cast her in real life father as her father, so that was cool. And she is funny and quirky, and, and she's not bad in the movie, but it makes so many fucking cinematic mistakes. So think of all the other Tomb Raider-ish movies you get. You get, like, uh, you know, it, Raiders of the Last Lost Ark. You get even go so far as to call uh, National Treasure, King Solomon's Mines. All those movies like that, they start with that person in a fucking tomb or archaeological center or whatever getting shit to show, hey, this person is an archaeologist slash tomb raider getting shit and they're good at what they do. This movie, they don't do that. She's in some stupid fake thing fighting a fucking robot for no goddamn reason. So we have to rely that they tell us she's a good tomb raider. And it really hit me. I'm like, hey, she's I mean, Sure, she's a good Tomb Raider. You see it later, but you should have fucking started with that. The robot was pointless. Didn't even pay off later. Her her tech sidekick wasn't even amusing. Her butler was really amusing. The bad guy was okay. It's it's just not a fucking good movie. I mean, I, honestly, Banyan, it's not even that entertaining. I had to stop at the middle and come back and watch it, watch more later. And it's not long. I mean, it's under two hours. It's a, it's a, it's an hour and forty, and I had to stop halfway through. Uh, the best thing you say about it is it's got a very young Daniel Craig in it. He's decently <laughs> amusing. They're the the first scene where they're actually robbing a tomb and they're sort of at odds with each other, and you know she sneaks in a different way and they're coming in the front way. That was a decent scene, though. They immediately go straight into batshit magic, which. You could set up better in an earlier thing because you start off with robots. You're like, oh, this might be a little more serious. No, no, it's not. And it's just not a good movie. No. Uh, it, it's it's free on Netflix, I think. So, I mean, if you want to watch, you can. Uh, I'm giving this shit three, three fucking space herpes because it's not worth watching, really. I mean, if you're bored and you can paint while you're watching movies, sure. But it doesn't have enough going for it. Not even Angelina Jolie can save it. Uh, I recall the second one was better, but that's my memory, and I thought this was okay. So who knows? But it's just not good. Too many mistakes. They're lucky they got a freaking uh, sequel out of it. And the best thing about it might be the U2 song "Elevation." 
<laughs> so that's me. Uh, Kathy, you want to hit, hit us with something? Ah, tongue tied. Sure. Um, so recently, uh, MHC, the uh, international uh, PBS, uh, became affiliated with our local PBS station. Mm-hmm. Uh, MHC Worldview, if anybody uh, cares to know about that. Um, and they play not only news from around the world, but in the evenings they play uh, international shows, mostly crime dramas. So I've been watching the Swiss crime drama called The Undertaker or Der Bistader. I think that's how you say that. I'm not I... sure because I don't speak German <laughs> slash uh, Swiss. I don't speak any of that language. I speak um, English, sarcasm, and bad Spanish. Obviously, subtitles. Uh, but, but I love it. It's funny. It's an hour long show and it's about this guy who used to be a cop and now he's an undertaker because it's the family business. Okay. So his mom, his mom has the, uh, has the shop. The dad is, is gone. Um, so he's working with his mom and they take on a, uh, an apprentice undertaker and the apprentice, like in the first one you see him, he's like, I don't know, 20 maybe. And he's, utterly goth like so so german goth it's funny and and to see him like in the hearse and stuff it it it's got some really light moments like that but that's cool uh, i've been really enjoying it uh i watch it when i can but it's it's a crime drama it's funny it's swiss <laughs> it's, it's, the main yes. character is is awesome. So it sounds like we need to check a check an episode out because you know sometimes those European or uh, different culture shows aren't for you. But uh, I mean, crime dramas are cool everywhere. They are, and oftentimes the European ones, it's they focus on more on uh, the topical political things that are going on, you know, or social problems that are. That are going on there. So you're not just, saying it's you know, like, enhance, enhance, enhance. I can see the reflection off that car uh, the, yeah. with the license plate a half mile down the road. Yeah, and we all know, those of us who have ever worked in any kind of graphic arts, that that is impossible. <laughs> it's what? completely impossible. Yeah, it's just in CSI and NCIS. They're not realistic at all. Yeah. Chuck. <laughs> all right, who's next? Uh, uh, you should do another one. I actually go. Um, I watched uh, War of the Planet of the Apes. Um, okay, that's the most recent one, right? Yeah, the most recent one with. Um... Oh my god, my brain is like totally fried today. Um, I can't Andy remember Serkis. his name. No, well, Andy Circus is always in it because it's Planet of the Apes, dummy. Uh, you mean uh, Woody Harrelson, right? Woody Harrelson, yes. Um, and you know what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I can't look at it real quick because I'm watching everything no, else you're going fine. on. I got you. Um, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the one I've thing heard that about I will that series is that 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 whole three movie series is really good. Yeah. Um, what I enjoyed more than anything about the whole thing was yeah. the the apes were done so well. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. I looked at some of those apes and I was like, "That's not a real ape. That's CGI. Fuck, that's good." <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
And that's that's what I was just like blown away with more than anything. It was very entertaining. Didn't slow down. Uh, there were plenty of good comedy spots. There was some good action. Whole thing, well worth it. Um, it's on HBO right now. So if you have HBO, I think uh, oh, you can cool. watch it. So you can get that and watch it. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, highly recommend it. Um, one Space RP, if anything, just because, you know, it might not be your thing. Um, and it is kind of predictable, but it's got some good stuff to it. So One Space RP for me on that. Well, it is Planet of the Apes. Yep. <laughs> so. Which I love. Oh, it was it was good. I, I love the original. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like that just goes with my whole mutated animal uh, thing that I've had since I was like six. That goes <laughs> with my Roddy McDowell thing. Roddy McDowell's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Fright Night. Oh, the good. Black Hole. I'm doing the Black Hole Zoom. I got the oh. we're watching. There we go. I love the black hole. I don't care if it's Neil deGrasse Tyson thinks it's the most unrealistic movie ever. He's <laughs> not wrong. But I love it. So uh, my second movie is uh, another oldie, even older than uh, Tomb Raider. Uh, Universal Soldier. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I'm sitting up here. You know, uh, my roommate's using the TV. So I'm like, I don't want to bug her, but I want to watch a movie. Uh, it was. I saw, like, oh, look, it's on uh, Amazon Prime for free. I'll go watch it. I'm not going to say it was a mistake. But I probably could have spent that time better. <laughs> you want your it hour and a half back? Hour and 42. Hour and 42 back. It is the worst of the John Cloud Van Damme movies I've watched recently. Um, recently, which is funny because. Like in the last couple months? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've watched uh, several. I mean, I'm looking at his filmography. I mean, I've seen Double Impact recently, Time Cop uh -huh. recently. Uh, you know, um. I haven't seen Lionheart again. I do want to see Lionheart again. Um, but, you know, I've, and I've seen, of course, uh, God, what the fuck is the one? You know, I've seen more than that, a blood sport. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, this is the worst of those, which is surprising because I thought it was going to be the best. But after a rewatch, you're like, God. Now, Comic Scotty Funny is correct. Nothing is more entertaining to a teenage boy because I was still teenage at the point this came out, barely. <laughs> um, so this movie starts it, it, it has some really good parts and I think it is actually a great prospect for people to for a remake I think you'd remake remanage it make it more you could you could make this a really good movie and I think it's a prime candidate for it it's been it was what 1992 so it's been what 26 years you could probably do that yeah <laughs> so um, but it starts at the climax of another movie in Vietnam, where the two main characters basically kill each other. And it, you know, it shows, like, it's like, zip up uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's body, and it shows Jean-Claude Van Damme. Zip up Dolph Lundgren's body, he's the bad guy. Boom. And then it flash forwards to the future, where they're introducing this, uh, you know, the third successful mission of this Universal Soldier team rescuing hostages. And, uh, you know, it's got some really cool moments early, but as soon as you get deep into it, it just goes into standard bullshit Hollywood action movie crap. You know, you get stupid comedy beats that don't need to be in the movie. Um, you get... I mean, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just that action nowadays has gotten so much more nuanced, so much more better. The action in this movie at a certain point is just not good. You've got the scene of, you know, Jean-Claude ordering everything on the menu and eating it all because he's doesn't remember eating 
And then, of course, he can't pay for it, so they're going to try and kick his ass. And even after he's just punked the first four people, the tough guys over the pool table got to come over and try and fuck with him. I'm like, are you stupid? He just punked them. No one in their right mind is going to fuck with him at this point. They're going to be like, let's just call the police. <laughs> um, end of the day, it's just not a great movie. It's got some good ideas. You know, it's a point of sci-fi. Sometimes the point is to put interesting ideas in. It is the military using, you know, dead soldiers, reanimating them and using them to do missions because they're already dead and they can keep regenerating them as long as they don't take too much damage. So some interesting thoughts there. Uh, definitely has some good potential, but I'm giving this three space herpes too because I just wasn't impressed. It's <laughs> a slew of better action movies to watch nowadays and even old ones. I mean, I thought of... I thought hard. I'm like, hell, you know, maybe all the action movies are like that. I'm like, no, Predator's not like that. Commando, which is not even considered, you know, a top-tier movie, is considered kind of cheesy action, is so much better than this. Did you see the recent commercial for a new Predator movie? Mm -hmm. uh, I've heard that that's coming out, but I haven't seen the commercial for it yet. We saw it. It's awesome. I, I mean, I'll watch it. So there you go. Three Space Herpes for Universal Soldier. God, I need to stop watching old shitty movies and watch some more good stuff <laughs> uh kathy anything else till the end or you want to or is it back to gonzo i i didn't really have anything else so all right gonzo all right let's see uh i finished the first law trilogy book series which we're going to talk about because i've been listening to the books for a long time mm -hmm. uh finally finish it up really good series i really love the characters really loved everything love the world thought it was really good the guy that does the read through of the book was really really good uh he could do voices really well you could distinguish everybody it was really well done until the very end um i have a problem with the ending and not that you know so and so happened or so and so happened or whatever it just kind of you feel like there should be more to settle what's been going on um it leaves it way too open in my opinion yeah, unsatisfying uh, endings are the worst because it, 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 it sours the whole experience. Yeah. Um, I don't have a problem, Hashtag you know. <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with what was going on with it and how the characters are treated. and Because people are real in this book. People treat each other like shit in this book. Um, but it's really good. It's just something about the ending. I don't like the way that it ended. Um, I wanted another book. Uh, to end parts of the story, because there's way too much left open at the end, in my opinion. Um, too many things just kind of just was like, okay, and this guy's going to go and do this, and we don't hear about him anymore. I'm like, okay. Um, I'm only going to give it one space review, just because it was really great all the way up to the very end. Uh, yeah, it was a space review. Yeah. All the way until the very end, I give a space every. Otherwise, it was really good. Characters were really awesome. Um, I'm thinking about looking at the other books, but I read the synopsis of some of the books that has nothing to do with most of the old characters. So I'm just like, eh, nah, forget it. Uh, definitely recommend it as a read or listen through, especially if you're driving or painting. Uh, the guy that reads the book is really, really good with voices. Um, so one space RPs overall. Um, am, am I on the way all the way through now? No, no, I got one more. I've okay. got a, uh, I've got well, one more till the one we all have. 
Okay. I've got a. Uh, uh, I just bought uh, some CDs and all, and I'll talk about the one I haven't talked about before because one of the ones I've talked about before. Uh, I bought the Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. They're live at the Roxy two disc set, and man, that's really good. <laughs> really good sound quality. I mean, the songs are good too. I mean, Slash is an amazing guitarist, but and they do a good combination of their newer stuff and then uh, old. Uh, Old Guns N' Roses stuff, and then occasionally an old Snash Slashes Snake Pit, I think it was called, song. So Miles Kennedy has a weird voice, but he can do he can do a lot of that uh, Axl Rose stuff. I mean, it's not the same, but it's like Axl Rose. The voice is different, so it actually works. And I've been enjoying the heck out of that. I mean, I get zero space herpes. Uh, pick it up if you get a chance. Um, check it out on YouTube. Um, I actually think another podcast for turning me on to the band because uh, he did years ago. Uh, and that's actually Trevor Christensen from Chain Attack had posted that he was listening to it on uh, Facebook. So I clicked on it and I'm like, this is pretty good. I like the heck out of this. So looking for more CDs for listening to in the car. I got that and uh, been enjoying the heck out of it. Okay. Um, let's see. What's my next one? Uh, I watch Coco. Uh- Okay. The the Disney Pixar uh, movie Coco. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. Uh, beautiful movie, by the way. Uh, Pixar still does great animation. Um, of course, the colors and everything were really good. Um, story was good. Um, had some, you know, uh, e- easy to follow points. Um, didn't have any issue with it. The story kind of, one part of the story was like, oh, well, we don't want you being a musician I'm like, okay, it, it, it just kind of, it didn't feel heavy handed, but there was just something about it, about that. I, we don't want you to be a musician. So this is the reason why the kid's doing everything. Um, kind of was a little off for me, but I understood it. Um, he wanted to be something that they didn't want him to be. So of course he's going to do it anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe it felt uh, like a little lazy writing and they didn't explain yeah. it well enough. Okay. Uh, fair, and you really don't under, you don't know reason why until the, almost the very end, which is okay. okay. It's part of the story. Um, of course, it had all your good Disney Pixar Easter eggs throughout it, so keep an eye out for those. Um, good animation uh, songs. It was kind of light for a Disney Pixar uh, one. Uh, two songs in there were really, really good. Uh, Remember Me, which is the main song for it, which was really good. Uh, and then Proud. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's Proud, and it's the um, Spanish word for heart or... Um, sweetie or love or whatever, which was really okay. good. Um, not hard because it'd be Corazon. Yeah, Corazon. Yeah. Um, Very good. <laughs> light Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was uh, really. It was really good. Romancing the stone. Yeah. Um, I should watch that one again. Romancing the stone's great. I should watch that one again. That's a good one. But I mean, overall, it was a really good one. Uh, there's some good tear jerkers in there, um, especially if you've got older family members in your life or if you lost somebody in your life. Um, but it was really good. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, zero, pretty much, uh, space RVs for it. Uh, it Sweet. is on, uh, Netflix for free right now. So go and watch it. I saw uh, that. I watched Tomb Raider instead. My mistake. Yeah. You oh. mistake. Uh, my next one is they came out with the series finale of Sense8. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. if you don't know, or you didn't watch Sense8 from the beginning, it, 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 to me, it was a show ahead of its time because it covered subjects that people don't want to talk about uh, and don't was... want to see. Um, and they flash back to that. Um, to me, I love the series. Um, mm-hmm. I love what they did. 
it's it pulls out a very good heartstring for me. Um, and so when it got canceled, I was like, well, fuck, I really wanted to see it's, more of this. It's one of those ones, like you're worried about the expanse, it just was too expensive for them. Correct. But they did let them have a two and a half hour uh, series finale. And, uh, and mad respect to any company that lets, like, however, yes. let them have it. Even, you know, like old what, Birds of Prey, one of the first, you know, you know, sort of superhero ones, they let get a two hour finale. I mean, hats off, you let them get a finale. Yeah. It, it was really good. Um, it was it was for the fans. The series finale for, was for the fans, 100%. Um, they wrapped up all the romance sagas. Uh, and the thing I really liked is they didn't shy away from it um, because of the way everybody, because it deals with transgender, polyamory, uh, homosexuality, lesbian, the whole gamut of what people don't want to see on normal TV but is part of our life. Yeah. Um, but it also deals with family. The stuff they should see. Correct. But you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, it deals with family, deals with people loving each other no matter what. Um, it wraps up the story. Um, it was really good. It was very heartfelt. Um, I felt like it was too much of a goody-goody ending or goody-goody way because of how it all ended. Because all these people, you know, somebody's bound to die. But um, it was really good. Uh, gave a good wrap-up. You can tell that the people that did the story, because they did show some of the behind the scenes at the very end mm-hmm. with people wrapping it up. And you can see cast members, directors, everybody was working on the set at certain scenes. They're all sitting there crying at the end because they know that it's done. Yeah. Um, and so you can see that this actually meant something. And like I said, this is a really good series that's way ahead of its time, in my opinion. Um, and I hope we get something similar to it sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Um, so one space herpes because it's that was a little too mushy ending. <laughs> uh, a little it, more real, but a little bit more real. But otherwise, it was good. If you like Sense Eight, oh. finish it up. Um, and my final one, and I watched the first two episodes, and I will not watch any more episodes. Um, I watched the new Cloak and Dagger TV show. Uh my buddy Norin uh, got that. He's going to tell me how it is. Um, no. <laughs> is it too teeny? Is it is it too teeny? It, it, it's more than too teeny. Oh my god! Is it, it takes... like CW plus teen plus vomit? Plus <laughs> plus no cloak and dagger. Oh fuck that! Um, so was it based on the the nineteen eighties movie? No, it's based no, off the comic of? book. <laughs> it's based off the comic. Oh. See, there you Goddamn go. You went straight to the Dabney Coleman movie. Yeah. Uh, no, which was really, that's actually a great series, great show to watch. Uh, no, it's based off a of Cloak and Dagger Marvel comic book, uh, which Cloak and Dagger are semi vigilante superheroes. Yeah, they're uh, like, they, and uh, the whole idea is like they had drugs that, and like, they were druggies who it basically released their powers. Yeah. And with them dealing with it and dealing with each other, because. Huh. They sort of need each other because one's light and one's darkness. If you can't tell who's who, you're not paying attention. Yeah. Well, and... here's the problem with the entire thing is they took two, almost two hours and 20 minutes into the show and they still haven't done shit. Uh, um, I understand they... a good setup, but you got to hook people. For two, two, almost two and a half hours, no. It's like um, Post Traveler said, the hook brings you back. One of the scenes... Um, they do a little setup, then they do, you know, it's flash forward a bunch of years, and they're teenagers, and they meet each other, and they touch each other's hands together, and Dagger's light 
hand lights up really bright white and he's got, you know, the cloak blackness coming out from his uh, coat. And they're like, oh, my God, this is really weird. And they run off. Then they deal with their social social drama and oh, yeah. social oh, drama Christ. and yeah. social drama. And then all of a sudden, Cloak wakes up on top of a roof with a sheet around him. It what? doesn't sound bueno. It sounds not. It was bad. Um, it, it, it is very CW. It is very love triangle, bullcrap, disguised. Um, and they just using Cloak and Dagger as a name. To throw a couple uh, of superpowers in there. Because Marvel's big. Let's let's do a Marvel property. Yeah. And it, so it really to happen eventually. Yeah. I they should have just made the 1980s uh, movie <laughs> remake. Could you, still- though? Because, spoiler for that movie, you haven't seen it. Hiding uh, you know, secret codes in the end of a video game isn't really a thing you would do anymore. <laughs> or someone's is gonna, it? Because someone's going to win that day one, and it's going to be all over the internet. <laughs> um, but for the most part, just pass it by, guys. It, it's what bad. I mean, the original. Yeah, it, it's bad. Just pass it by. Don't even don't even look at it. Just move right on through. Uh, I, I really can't give it any ratings because it's it, it's a TV series, and you really want to base it on uh, seasons. But it was first two episodes. I I couldn't even finish the end of the second episode. I was like, yeah, let me just fast forward. Uh, they're just running around talking to each other. Family drama, not, family drama. Sounds like Done. four shots of crack and they continue going with that. And that's probably not worth it. <laughs> yeah, it was not worth it. Uh, space herpes wise, just go get a shot and watch something different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so before we end, we need to talk about that uh, Bumblebee trailer together because we all watched yes. it. Yes. Um, new Transformer movie and it's not done by Michael Bay. And it's right. the new Bumblebee movie. And it is an actual uh, VW. Correct. Yeah, it's a VW bug. It's a bug. Uh, and it's based in the 80s as a time period, isn't it? Yeah, it's based in yeah. the 80s, which is good because it's it's already been established. He's been here since World War II. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm kind of hoping they go into the whole, uh, maybe a whole he lost his memory uh, memory thing, which is why he's hanging out there. Um and uh, it this sounds this sounds weird, but I think after five movies, they really know where they're going with the series. They don't need to fill in, and you know they're gonna start telling more interesting stories. Maybe yes, because I'll be know. honest, the second movie I haven't seen the third yet, but the second movie is the only one that I I'm gonna physically feel pained rewatching. Yeah, the fourth one was not great, but it wasn't terrible. It had some good points. The fifth one was amusing. It was totally watchable and understandable. It's just, they, they, I feel like they know where they're going now. They know what kind of story they want to tell. They know what kind of backstory they want to tell. And I was intrigued by this. It looks like a see it in the cheap theater at the very least, maybe even in the full theater. Uh, you know, interesting. It's going to be just a Transformer and, and one human as the main characters, which is cool. You get a lot more interesting storytelling with just two main characters. Yeah. Um, because I feel like the first movie, they had so many characters. You didn't learn too much about any of them, but you didn't need to. It was a good scattershot. And it didn't feel like you were shortchanging the robots because you had so many humans and so many robots. You're like, it's just like disaster movie characters, which is fine. And then, you know, the second one, they sort of focused more in on characters. You realize you didn't fucking like those people. <laughs> or the humor was shit. 
or robot balls. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you this much. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, it's got yeah. me enough interested into it that I'm like, yeah, I, I, I could sit and watch. This is not a huge takeoff from what I would consider a good Transformers movie. Yeah, it's, it's on my list. Like, okay, cool. I, 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 I'm interested in seeing this. Yes, definitely interested. Um, yeah. We'll hold off on a course of rating until then. But so far, it's we'll go see uh, it. Uh, I'm actually going to go out? so f- I'm going to go so far as to give it a projected rating. Oh. Uh-huh. I project hope against hope. It's going to be three space herpes. I mean, <laughs> sorry, I only have so much hope for Transformers. I think three you is mean a step up. It, no more than three space herpes. Absolutely, three oh, or less. Three or less. Yeah. Um, I, I just hope it's not too cutesy. Correct. I, a little worry about that, but I don't think they're going to. I think they know their audience. Yeah. Um, also, on that note, talking about movies coming out, um, Into the Spider-Verse. If you haven't watched uh, that trailer, go watch that trailer. Um, yeah, I, I've seen it. I'm just not sure I want to see the movie. I just... I do, because I'm a Miles fan. Yeah. I'm a Miles fan. I definitely want to see it. If you haven't watched uh, the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, go watch it. Um it to me, I'm a big, huge Miles Spider-Man fan, so I'm just like super excited for it. So yeah, it definitely looks like it could be interesting. Um, it's gonna be in a theater, so cool. Yeah. Um, other than that, guys, it's actually eight thirty. It's past. It's actually nine thirty-four. No, it's eight thirty-four. Freaking time traveler. Totally not. <laughs> so with that, guys, I'm we are done for the day. Uh, don't. Uh, don't forget, Kathy, are you streaming tomorrow morning? I'm streaming tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., 10 to noon. I am going to be hopefully completing or almost completing my work on Pinchy, the Scorpion Rex. So if anybody's uh, around and not busy at 10 a.m., come join me on the chat. And who are our sponsors for, uh, for this show? Oh, man, we have Mechanica Studios, which makes really awesome dice trays and all their awesome trays and some really good widgets and stuff. Broken Up Games, which, um, end of this month, guys, we should have some stuff for you to show. Yep. And then actual able to purchase after items. lock and load. After lock and load, um, which uh, we will actually be, once the store is set up and everything's ready, uh, Adam will be coming on our, our podcast to talk about stuff. Um, cool. and do some giveaways, uh, which is a sponsor of. And, of course, our good friend, Dan. Dan, Dan, the man. Um, of TikTok Craft Studios, which makes a really good terrain and other things also. Base inserts, all Base. sorts of stuff. Awesome good things. Um, other than that, um, I will be doing a Force, uh, Force and Destiny game on Wednesday. You're welcome to come and join and watch. I'll be streaming also throughout the week. Um <laughs> I feel bad that I don't stream ever, but not that bad. <laughs> Doesn't have to be. We just try to uh, give you a bit more presence on Twitch. You will probably have a uh, new uh, minis and movies next week, uh, assuming I can wrangle the time to watch a movie and talk about a subject. I've been talking about my Armada campaign, but that's been on hold for a couple weeks, so I'm going to have to make something up. <laughs> it should be great, because it's always great when I fly seat in my pants. Yeah. Excellent. Um, what else we got? Anything else we got coming out this week, guys? Um, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitch, s- subscribe to us on Twitch, subscribe to us on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Which we did get. Um, watch out for more painting stuff that's going in with Kathy. Do, be able to do it a lot more. 
Um, should be doing morning stuff to help out. Yeah. And don't yeah. hesitate to ask, give us ideas or ask, like, ah, I'd like to hear you guys talk about X, Y, or Z. Um, and well, also, um, the new patron rewards will be starting um, already since it's new June. Um, yeah. There will be the new patron rewards. So if you are a subscriber of $5 and up, uh, make sure that you do that now so you can get in on this because Caddy. Kathy, next month we get in with everybody to find out when they can do a go hangout and she can teach and paint during that. Yeah. Sweet. So, and that's, uh, I actually talked to quite a other people over at NashCon about what they think that's worth. And they say that is an amazing deal for $5 a month or $5 an episode. Um, so we should get some more Boom. people. Um, Hanging out, talking about painting. Yeah. And, 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 and learning about painting. Oh, Kathy, how yeah. do I do a glaze? Well, this is how you do it. We'll leave that for yeah. your five dollar rewards. Boom. With that, guys, more than dice is done, and we will see you next Sunday for the Gonzo birthday episode. Um, bring cake. Bring, bring cake. cake and beer. So, for more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. Take Good night. care of each other. Good night. What the heck is that? John's dancing. John, you dancing? I can't see me anymore. I'm just chuckling at the device not available. Oh, yeah. Because is our friend. Well, you know what's funny? Technology. What's weird is all that is is the microphone. <laughs> microphone? Yeah. Go. Oh, I just hit it. It was all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Talk over Oh man, I got the three box set of Mission Impossible one through three for really stupid cheap. I might watch those soon. Daddy's gonna join me on my uh, on my thing tomorrow. I think he actually showed up on Thursday when I did the morning one. He works. Uh, he's one of the people that works a weird shift. <laughs>